Welcome to episode 384 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. And we've made it to that week once again that happens once a year, and that would be Rocklahoma week. We are now just a couple days away from the kickoff of the pre-party. If you're listening to this the day this episode drops, getting pumped, getting ready for four days of rock and roll out in the cow pastures of Oklahoma. You know, quote unquote, it's near prior Oklahoma. Out in a huge field and former pasture, of course, that was built into the mecca that we know as Rocklahoma now. This will be the 16th version of Rocklahoma happening in prior. And I'm fortunate enough to have been to all 15 previous Rocklahomas, as has my guest, John Stowe. He has been to every previous Rocklahoma, and of course he will be at the Rocklahoma this week as well. Labor Day weekend here. Pre-party kicks off on August 31st, this Thursday, and then we've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday full of rock and roll and heavy metal, and then Monday, Labor Day, you can recover, head back home, whether that, wherever that may be. I know there's people that come as far as five to ten minutes there in prior Oklahoma, and then there's people that come from Canada every year. There's people that come from all over the country, all over the world. I know in the early days, this is something that me and John talked about. You know, I was camping around people from Australia. I'd met some people from Japan and a couple people from Europe because people, you know, something like this hadn't happened when it came to the 80s rock that Rocklahoma started with. And then, you know, as it changed throughout the years, some of those people dropped out as more people came in. And there's, you know, groups of people from Canada I know that camp next to me every year. And there's a couple other ones out there that I know exist because, you know, I've met them or talked to other people. And I know there's people that come from New York and California as well. I'm sure there's other out-of-country people. If you're one of those people and you hear this, you know, shoot us a line. Shoot us a comment. Let us know where you're coming from. Before I jump into more talk about Rocklahoma and this great talk with John, I'm going to let you know who we're sponsored by, and that would be Sunset Tattoo. A tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. And most importantly, they are mother approved. Well over 25 years of experience from Jake and his crew over there. I personally had work done by Jake before. I know several other people that have. I'm very happy with it. I'm looking forward to having some more done here in the future. Whatever work you're looking to have done. They accept walk-ins. You can go in there talk about it or you know you could be cool and set up a schedule a time to come in give them a call or a message ahead of time get in there and talk about what work you're looking to have done or if you're just looking for help with your ideas they of course can help you bring that together hit up the socials facebook and instagram are both sunset tattoo tulsa you can see all the photos there tons of great work throughout the years you will not be disappointed of course tell them you heard about them on thunder Underground. We've also got DEB Concerts, concert promoter based right here in the Tulsa area who has brought tons of great acts to the to this area over the past several years. Stuff like Megadeth, Lamb of God, Poison, Tom Kiefer, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Saxon, Last in Line, Great White, Buck Cherry, Lita Ford, Steelheart, John Karabi, L.A. Guns. A huge long list that keeps growing 
This October on the 13th at Graffiti Bar, they're bringing John Crabby back once again. You do not want to miss that. If you've listened to this podcast more than once, you've probably heard me tell you about how much I love John Crabby. And that's no different right now. So, do yourself a favor and get over there to that show. But in the meantime, DB Concerts also books the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. And of course, this whole episode's about that, so I'm not going to go into too much detail there other than to tell you that they booked the Roadhouse stage. I'm going to talk more about that here in just a second, but hit up debconcerts.com to be kept up to date on all future announcements. Of course, we bring them to you here as well as soon as I hear about them. And hit up rocklahoma.com if you're going to Rocklahoma and you need ticket info on that as well. Once again, a huge thank you to DEB Concerts. All right, like I said, the pre-party kicks off at Rocklahoma on this Thursday, August 31st. To go to the pre-party, you have to have a ticket for the entire event. You can't have a single-day ticket. But I know the majority of people seem to buy the multi-day tickets. So you can get out there, check out this event. Kicks off at 7 p.m. at the Roadhouse stage. Brought to you by DEB Concerts. Voodoo Moonshine will be kicking this whole thing off. And they will be followed by Bullet Boys, LA Guns, and Warrant. All great bands. I'll put on a great live show. In fact, of those four bands, three of them have been on this podcast at one point or another. Mark Torian from the Bullet Boys was on here several years ago. That's a That was a cool experience that Jason and I talked about many times throughout the years. Same with the LA Guns episode a couple years ago. We got set down with both Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns. And then Phil Lewis came back not that long ago, actually. Earlier this spring, I think it was in April. Not long before, right around the same time that LA Guns' most recent album, Diamond, had come out. So check that one out if you had not. And then we've got Warrant headlining the thing. Robert Mason, the vocalist of Warrant, has been on here, as has Joey Allen, the original guitarist of Warrant. He was actually the first guest on this podcast that was from a major, you know, a major national touring band that, you know, Jason and I had grown up on. You know, we had a few, like, some regional artists and then a couple, like, newer bands up to that point, but it was like episode 21. And that's when we got Joey Allen from Warren on. So that was quite a cool experience. But yeah, that whole day, booked and brought to you by DEB Concerts. See, I told you I would talk about it instead of just jumping real quick into it. But so the the other three nights, I mean, like I said, me and John talk about this, but we just kind of talk about some quick, you know, highlights, I guess, that we're looking forward to. Number one being... Pantera for both of us and something else I need to something else I want to mention I don't need to mention anything I guess but before I jump too far into this is that like I said I've been to every Rocklahoma but the past several Rocklahomas I've been working as I believe it was 2017 was my first one and that's around the time when I started working you know live events and music festivals you know, as my career, I guess, is the correct terminology. So for the past several Rocklahomas, even though I've been there, 
from the time we started this podcast in 2015, you know, Jason and I would always do a Rocklahoma preview episode when the lineup was announced, and then we would do a Rocklahoma review episode, of course. But once I started working, of course, I was missing a lot of the show. But Jason was still there to, you know, fill in, give reviews of the stuff that he happened to be able to get a chance to see. And I'd talk about the few things that I did get to see. And then since Jason left the podcast in 21, this will now be the third Rocklahoma that I'm doing this while I'm doing the podcast. But I don't really, I can't really do a true review episode. You know, I can, anyone can do a preview episode of anything. You don't even have to show up to do that, right? But a review episode, I've always, you know, I think, you know, the last couple years at least I've talked about it in conjunction with whatever the topic of that episode was each year. But it's kind of hard to go into a full-on review whenever I'm only seeing, you know, one or two bands a day. But with all that being said, you know, Still always happy to be out there. It's still the festival every year that I look forward to the most because I know so many people there and having gone for so many years before I started working, you know, everywhere I turn, there's someone I know. And that's the the beauty of Rocklahoma. The great thing is getting to not just meet people, you know, and then see them like, hey, I remember you more, you know, legit, like John and I will talk about it here in a few minutes is you legit make like really good friends. And I'm talking to the point like, you know, I've been to people's houses and spent the weekend that I know through Rocklahoma. And a lot of these close friendships, you know, go back to the first couple years. And then, I mean, there's even some like the very first two years I went there, my the seats that I had were in VIP and section D and then by the third year, I moved over to, or, you know, my seats from then force or from henceforth were, were in section B in the center. But I'm very glad where I was that first year because the people that surrounded us on both sides, you know, both became great friends. And, you know, I'm not going to throw names out here. I guess I could, but I'm going to throw names out because there's a lot of people that I'm good friends with that I've met that I'm not going to mention because I'll just forget someone. But the point being, one of the groups of people sitting next to us in that first or second year, my ex-girlfriend and, you know, one or two of them might have kind of started throwing comments back and forth, you know, giving each other the evil eye. I don't even remember exactly how this started or why this started. But they're over there just like, you know, kind of talking shit, never getting into a full-on argument, but you can just tell tempers or whatever. And then by the end of the weekend, you know, we're all hanging out, having a great time. And then we talked about this in years to come. And these are, you know, some of the people that hang out with every single year and, you know, became great friends with. So I know everybody's got those stories from Rocklahoma. Everybody's got their little sections of their cliques. But the great thing I've noticed is that even if people have, you know, your clique of, you know, four, six, eight people, you know, you can go to those people's campsite you know, 90% of the time, people are just going to welcome you right in and say, hey, sit down, you know, hang out, have a drink, you know. We're all here for a good time. So, okay. Thought I, you know, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but, you know, that's just some random thoughts about Rocklahoma. Some other thoughts are something 
else, like I said, you just show up to people's campsites. And there's so many of these campsites throughout the years that, you, you know, after the first few years, everybody would name their campsites, you know, and that became a big thing. And now you just, everywhere you turn, there's a campsite with some weird-ass name, you know, which is great. It's cool. Everybody has a great time putting this stuff together. But some of the campsites throughout the years have become kind of, you know, well-known for just their extravagance or just the fact that they're a great time to go hang out with. You know, like Camp Mardi Gras, you know, throws a big rager party every year on Friday night after the headliner ends. So this year it'll be Friday night after Godsmack ends. If you head over to Camp Mardi Gras and the VIP camping, there's always a huge rager going on. There's, like I said, I didn't want to mention them because I'm going to forget people, but you know, me and John talk about Camp Jaeger. That's not a camp that exists anymore, even though I know Fred and Stacy were out there last year for a bit, I think. Not sure if they're going to be there this year or not, but, you know, they're definitely Rocklahoma royalty because of the joy they brought to the campgrounds. I mean, you can't, it can't be said enough that Rocklahoma's number one you know, pro, I guess, if you're going to do pro or cons, I don't know, is the campgrounds and the camping atmosphere. There's lots of festivals out there that have campgrounds, and there's lots of festivals out there that do not. And I can tell you that outside of maybe, you know, Blue Ridge Rock Fest, I can only speak on ones that I've been to, worked at, or attended. A lot of the campgrounds, you know, are very restrictive Especially on these big, you know, corporate, you know, mega festivals like Coachella. You know, I've worked out there and you look at the list of like rules, things you can't bring in and stuff like that. It's just insanity. It's just, I mean, it's over the top. Like, you know, each person in your vehicle can only have 12 beers to their name type. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, you know, or maybe it's one case of beer per person or something. It's last year, how many ever days you're out there. Some people get out there a week. But Rocklahoma, you know, has always been great about being an open open atmosphere. You can come and go. It's right near town if you need to go get more. But even outside of that, just the whole atmosphere of hanging out, you know, walking or, you know, kind of camp hopping or whatever term you want to use. The atmosphere is just different than other camping fests. And there's even some out there that are restrictive about when you come and go as well. And thankfully, Rocklahoma isn't like that. If you're camping, you know, you can go out there on Friday at 10.50 a.m. and see Eyebolt at the Roadhouse stage. And then you can head back to your campground for an hour or two and then come back and see, you know, Fame on Fire on the Freedom stage. See there, I just gave you two bands that are playing on Friday. Anyway. Like I said, you've got the whole camping atmosphere, which is the number one thing about Rocklahoma. There's, a, you know, a lot of people talk yearly about, oh, this lineup at Louder Than Life or this lineup at Blue Ridge Rock Fest or this lineup at Welcome to Rockville is so much better. And a lot of times, technically, yeah, it is. And that's many times due to quantity. Um, a lot of these festivals, especially Blue Ridge Rock Fest, you know, have you know, book their lineups like it's a European festival, which are, you know, insane in themselves, where you've got five, six stages. And of those throughout the day, there's always three or four of them going simultaneously until you get up to the very end, you know, like maybe 
the very final headliner might be the one playing it itself, but you know, I mean, which is a cool thing, you know, don't get me wrong. That's amazing. You know, the, you can book 160 bands and it'd be quality booking, but then on the flip side, you know, there's so much stuff you're not going to get to see. There's so much stuff you're going to miss. It's like, you're just running back and forth constantly trying to see this band, this band. I would think, you know, it's definitely, there's worse problems you could have. We all know that. You know, I'm talking about first world problems right here. You know, oh shit. You know, I've got to hurry up over here to see Machine Head. And then get back, you know, in time for the Biohazard reunion here at Blue Ridge Rock Fest. I mean, that's not a bad problem to have. But the point I'm trying to make is at Rocklahoma, I guess the silver lining is that you get to see these bands if you want to. And there's a lot to be said for festivals that book that way. Because there are other big ones that do it that way. You know, book it so you're going to see every act if you want to see every act. But yeah, so let me just kind of jump into each day here. Friday is headlined, like I said earlier, by Godsmack. This also features, let me see, Skid Row will be the headliner on the Roadhouse stage that day. And then Code Orange will be headlining the Renegade stage, which is the name of the second stage. Man, all three of those are good live bands. I'm not a fan of Godsmack whatsoever, but, I mean, they put on a good live show. Code Orange, same way. Fantastic live band. Skid Row, you can't go wrong with their new singer, Eric Gronwall. If you have not seen or heard this guy, I know there's so many people that like, oh, it's not the same with Sebastian Bach's not there. Well, guess what? It's not Sebastian Bach's job to be there. Okay, inside joke for Rocklahoma people. But Eric Gronwall, this guy's phenomenal sounding. You know, he was a singer of Heat from Sweden. Check this guy out. Check this band out. I mean, it's Skid Row. The songs are classic. That day will also feature Aaron Jones, who is very cool. New up-and-coming artist who's got some great music out there. Daughtry. I saw Daughtry live for a little bit last year at something i think it was blue ridge that you know and i was just kind of surprised about you know because daughtry is one of those artists i've always not blown off just not really ever paid attention to outside of a few singles i knew you know and i mean it's a it's a good hard rock show i was surprised atreyu is gonna be there on friday chevelle shot a poison flat black fame on fire dead poet society dead west small town syndrome and Eyebolt. And oh, did I mention Blackstone Cherry? Probably the best live band on all of Friday, in my opinion. All right, jumping on to Saturday. Roadhouse, the early bands at 1040. I mean, it's kicking off early, folks. Bad Allison. Damus Rocket. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Maybe it's Dames. Snakebite Whiskey. And a 90-pound wrench. I've seen 90-pound wrench before. I believe they're from Arkansas. Great heavy music from these guys. And then you jump over to the main and second stage. You've got Dayseeker, Plush, Crobot. Can't stress to you enough how much I'm looking forward to seeing Crobot. 
And me and John talked about that a little bit. We'll talk, you know, hear that here in a here in just a bit. POD, fuel, theory of a dead man. Man, you know, I try to keep negativity out of stuff like this. And I've always been the first to admit that I enjoy, I, I like theory of a dead man. I think that Tyler Connolly writes great lyrics. I think that, you know, he's very good at that tongue-in-cheek, you know, wordplay kind of thing. Like, um, you know, No Fallen from Clutch or Butch Walker or some of those guys like that do. You know, I know they're very much just a mainstream, you know, modern hard rock band or whatever you want to call it. But as much as I like this band, that is one band I never want to see live again. I cannot stress enough that if there's anyone on this planet that I've seen live that can give Vince Neil a run for his money at being the absolute champion of horrible live vocals, it would be Tyler from Theory of the Dead Man. Okay, on to the next. That would be The Who. And The Who go on the Renegade stage once again for, I believe this is the third year in a row. You know, and I know a lot of people aren't big on repeats. You know, personally, I enjoy, you know, give it at least a year off or just bring them, send some new shit. But this is one of those bands that, you know, they can just put on every year and I would not complain a bit because they're doing something different. A lot of people still don't know about them. So the more opportunities these guys get, you know, the cooler it will be to see if these guys continue to get bigger in the world of rock. I've also got Asking Alexandria, Bush, Gore. Gore will be headlining the Renegade stage. Well, you know, see, I don't actually know what the headliners are considered this year because, you know, typically the headliner of the second stage goes on right before the headliner of the main stage. But this year there is a band going on every night on the second stage again after. I know in the years past they used to do that a long time ago and then they stopped for a long time. And it seems like the last couple of years they might have done that a couple of the nights, but not every night. Because I remember the Hue being one of those bands the year before last. But I say that because this year, after Limp Biscuit on the main stage, Steven Adler goes on, on the Renegade stage. Steven Adler, of course. The original drummer of Guns N' Roses. One of the nicest guys in rock and roll. And of course, you know, he comes out there and plays Guns N' Roses songs. He's got a great singer doing it with him. So if you get a chance and you're not too far gone by 1135 on Saturday night, get over there and see Steven Adler. Did I, I think I skipped someone on purpose. Yeah, Kicks. I skipped over Kicks. They're going on, it looks like at 620 on the Roadhouse stage. They'll be the headliner of the Roadhouse stage on Saturday. And Kicks, you know, has been on this podcast before. And this band, you know, I've said it every week leading up to now. This is one of the best live bands you can see. I've, you know, seen them multiple times. Even if you're not into their music. I mean, if you're not just because you're not familiar with it or whatever. It's just old school rock and roll spectacle, you know. It's just five guys on stage, you know, not putting on a you know, a fake ass show, not running tracks, not, you know, putting on pomp and circumstance that isn't needed. They're just up there playing rock and roll and they're doing it at an exceptionally high level still to this day. And this will be one of your last chance to see them because their final show will be in October in Baltimore, Maryland, where they're from. So do not miss kicks. Did I say asking Alexandria? 
They're also there. Danny Warsnap has been at Rocklahoma before. I think Asking Alexander actually has with his band. Man, why am I drawing a blank? I'm drawing a, a We Are Harlot. Man, that was a great kind of side project he had that got to see out there one year. All right, and then the final day, September 3rd, this coming Sunday, Roadhouse kicks off again at 10.45 a.m. with Nova Rex. And then we've got Dime Store Riot as well and Stonebreed. And then, yeah, and then we jump to the second stage. But Dime Store Riot was recently just announced about a week, maybe two weeks ago, to be on the Rocklahoma lineup. Super excited for this. If you follow this podcast, you know that all four members of Dime Store Riot were on the podcast a little under two months ago now. It was right at the end of June. Go back and listen to that episode and see how this band came together. It features former members of Grind, Driver, and Fist of Rage. Well, not former members of Fist of Rage. Paulette is still in Fist of Rage as well. But Dime Store Riot features Adam from Driver and his return to the rock and roll scene. I'm super excited because I have not got to see him live yet. This will actually be like their third or fourth show, I believe. So do not miss that. And they actually camp. Um, I'm not going to throw out numbers here just in case I don't want it thrown out publicly on a podcast. But they've put it out on their socials at least. So I don't think they care. But the point is they camp at the end of, you know, one of the rows in GA camping. And it's on the main road there that runs right by the side entrance to GA near where the shower house and the food vendors are where access stage used to be over there. It's not far past that in that area of GA and they're right towards the front of the row. If I believe right, might be the very corner spot. I saw they have a banner this year, you know, advertising this slot, which I believe is 1130 AM on Sunday. So if you're walking by, be sure and stop and say, Hey, to dime store riot. You know, great new band. All right, the rest of the day, we've got Broken Love, Mothica, From Ashes to New, Mammoth WVH. And this guy, Wolfgang, we all know, we already know that this guy inherited the talent from his father and his uncle. You know, this guy is a massive bass player, a massive guitar player, a great singer. You know, and his first two albums are spectacular. The new one just came out here. Just a few weeks ago, it kicks your ass. Check it out if you have not. I promise you, you got to love this thing. If you love this stuff like Seven Dust and Alter Bridge, you know, Mammoth fits in right if, right with that. You know, I think that 20, 30 years from now, we'll be talking about this and Mammoth will be at the top of the bill. I mean, maybe well before that, but, you know, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to be talking about him, you know, as a legendary artist, the way we talk about his family already. Okay, we've got Filter on the, are they in the side stage? No, yeah, they're on the second stage. Filter is always a great live show. Then we've got Corey Taylor on the main stage after that. Corey Taylor, I've never had the chance to see his solo show. You know, I've seen Slipknot many times throughout the years. Corey Taylor, be interesting to see. I know I've looked up his set list before. I'm pretty sure it consists of some Slipknot and some Stone Siren and a lot of his his solo work. I know recently, he, you know, last year or the year before, he did a really cool cover of Eddie Money, Shaken, if you haven't ever heard that. Then we've got Ginger on the second stage, and 
this is one that I think I've heard more than any of the, outside of the headliners. This is the band I hear people say the most. I'm really looking forward to seeing. If you haven't seen them, I mean, you got to love some heavy metal, you know. I mean, this is really heavy stuff. If you do, get over there and see them. I mean, we're talking like tight, precise, like, you know, a lot of the European bands are, you know, talking like that Swedish death metal precise, talking like Scar Symmetry, or talking a band like, you know, someone more mainstream people know, like Meshuggah, you know, where it's like down to the intricacy, you know, your dream theater style, like musicianship. And then a vocalist who, you know, blows people away because you usually don't hear females with guttural vocals like this and being able to flip it the way she does into the, you know, clean singing as well. So Ginger, looking forward to that. Buck Cherry is headlining the Roadhouse stage that day. Buck Cherry, always a fun time. You know, one of the best quote unquote radio rock bands of the past 20 years. I, you know... Loved them in the early days when Keith Nelson left. I kind of, you know, slipped off a bit. But their newest album that came out, I'm a big fan of. We all know Buck Cherry. And then we've got, let me see, then we've got Rob Zombie on the main stage. And Rob Zombie, you can't, I mean, there's not much that needs to be said about that. Phenomenal. Live show, he's got Riggs playing guitar since John 5 left to join Motley Crue. Then we've got Ministry headlining the main, the second stage that day. I'm pretty excited about this. I've only had the opportunity to see them like three times in my life. Absolutely love Ministry. So hoping I can catch a bit of that. And then the final band on that night, and of any night, will be Pantera. And I would tell you what I think about that, but I'm kind of rambling now. And John and I talk about that here in our interview coming up. All right. With all that being said, one more thing I want to say before I jump into this interview with John is that something we didn't mention, or I didn't think to bring up when I was talking to John for some reason, is that he moderates and I believe he started the Facebook group called We Love Rocklahoma. Him and Roy Parker moderate that. I don't know if they might have brought in more moderators throughout the years. But it's, you know, there's several Rocklahoma groups, including Rocklahoma, you know, shout out to, shout out to my friend Kevin Graham, who's been on this podcast a couple times in the past, and hopefully we'll see him at Rocklahoma this year. He's got Rocklahoma, then there's other stuff, but it's probably the biggest one. I should have looked at numbers, but I know those two, I think are your big ones when it comes to the Facebook groups and those are a cool thing to join in. Like if you're newer to Rocklahoma, you know, there's always people in there giving ideas or tips or photos of stuff they do stuff you might not think about. And if you're someone that's been there going to all these Rocklahomas as well, it's just fun to get in there and relive memories, you know, talk about what you're excited to see and all that great stuff. So yeah, hit up. We love Rocklahoma. All right. I'm going to jump into this now. Quit rambling. Here's John Stowe and myself talking about what? That word I've said 5,000 times, Rocklahoma.
I'm envious of your job. I know it's a lot of hard work, and I only see the picture. You know, I get it, but it still looks like good time, man. I love traveling. I love festivals. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, yeah. if I was single, dude, I'd be hitting you up. Get me a job, bro. <laughs> so I got a little envy on you there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's cool. I mean, that's the reason I, main reason I dig it is for the travel and obviously getting to be around music, even if it's stuff I'm not super interested in. It's still a good vibe. Yeah. I dig it, man. I dig all kinds of music. I mean, I listen to it daily, but when I'm there in the moment, you know what I'm saying? And there's the the love and the energy from the crowd. That's what I dig. That's why yeah. I like concerts, you know? Yeah, same here. Yeah, for sure. So you almost ready or you still got a lot to pack? The, uh, <laughs> um, You know, I, I, it's probably a lot, but then again, mm-hmm. I kind of know what I'm packing. So, you know, we're just kind of throwing small things in there. And as the days go by we'll get a little more detailed about what we, you know, we're, we're going through a list and, you know, trying on clothes and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you do that or not, but <laughs> yeah. What, what day are you planning to get out there? Thursday, Thursday. Gotcha. Yeah. When do you start? I figured you'd be out of rock, Oklahoma working. I guess you don't go in until Thursday. Yeah. I'm going out there Wednesday. My first day working is Thursday doing the, Thursday. the golf cart thing. There's really not, couple of those years they brought me out early to help them you know set up the vip stuff but this year they didn't ask yeah. me to so i'm not going to complain about it really <laughs> get your little time off little time home man yeah everybody needs that no matter how fun your job is home's still home yeah 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 for sure <laughs> cool man we'll just kind of jumping into this stuff do you remember do you remember first finding out about Rocklahoma? Because I was thinking about this the other day as well. Like mm-hmm. the first time I heard about it, like it was actually from Jason, you know, who used to do the podcast with me. He was oh, like, yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah. have you seen this, this thing that's happening in freaking prior, you know? And it, yeah, I think at that point, they'd only list like 10 or 12 bands, but you know, it was all mm-hmm. like Jacqueline, Vince Neil and Slaughter and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was just kind of taken aback. Like, what were your thoughts when you first saw, you know, this announcement being somewhere, you know, at least close to home for you as well? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, a buddy of mine and his wife came over, and they're like, hey, man, there's this festival going on in Pryor, Oklahoma. Of course, I'm like, where the hell's Pryor? I've never heard of Pryor. I've lived in Oklahoma City my whole life. But, uh, yeah, and we looked at the lineup. I was like, cool, man. So I'm like, hey, let's, you know, I tried to get them to do VIP. That's, man, free beer, dude, right there. That's your money, you know. But they wanted to do hotels, so we did GA. Drove to, you know, Claremont or Claremont, Claremore, something like that every night. Yeah. So, you know, and we ended up spending in the first probably night, we spent what we would have spent, you know, for, you know, in beer. So I was like, I told y'all we were eating pickle loaf the whole freaking week, but <laughs> it was still a really good time, man. A really good time. I mean, what were your, what was your experience that first couple years, you know, just kind of thinking uh, back to like, you know, having lived through that era of music. Yeah, being a performer in it as well. Like, what was your feelings like going out there, being a part of that atmosphere again? Man, dude, I'll never forget. You know, the first year we came in through GA, so you, uh, you know, you walk through all the vendors. So it was a kind of a slow build. You know, it was kind of, uh, you know, you know, cool atmosphere. Felt electricity as soon as we got out of the car. Walked through all the vendors. Came over that hill. I don't know if you've ever walked the GA walk. But you kind of come over a hill and then you see the stage and it was just like, Woo! Uh, man, I'm here. It's my people, you know, and, and I knew that I was like, man, it's going to be the people that I vibe with. And it was just it was amazing. I, You know, 
wish we could have done GA, but I did sneak in a couple times, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, I know that was a great time. You know, 2008 was a complete different, different experience. I, you know, between, I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but there used to be a um, podcast called a uh, fever fest. Oh, and, yeah. and all the people from Oklahoma got on there and I made such good friends with people that, I ended up staying with uh you know Fred and Stacy Foster, the uh Camp Yeager. Yeah. So I yeah. ended up staying with them and it just that was that's when Rock Oklahoma really, really, really bloomed for me. You know, because it was like I was there in the middle of they had a stage, it was just man, it was fantastic. That was one of the best times of my life right there. Yeah. And I love the new stuff too. But those early days, but you know, it was just you know. It was it was it was something special for sure. Yeah, it was just a, a different atmosphere than any other concert I had been to in my life up to that point, I think, just because you got all these people. You know, I was talking to people camping near me that came from Australia and all over the world, mm -hmm. which just blew my mind being just a dude from Oklahoma having driven Japan. 45 minutes, you know. Yeah. yeah there were, there, we were talking to, you know, kind of talking to chicks from Japan. You know, I mean, there were huge groups of them. Like, I don't yeah. know if they came on a tour but you would see giant groups of Japanese, mostly girls, walking around. It was just like this is bizarre, man. You know, yeah. I just yeah, it was it was the craziest thing I ever saw in my life. You know, yeah, yeah. I guess you know because at that point there hadn't really ever been a collection of you know artists from that era all brought together. You know, especially at that point it was what four full days of this stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I, I don't want to speak out of turn because I didn't get get to go till Friday, but I. I think it was five. Yeah, I know. I know at least the second year was five. A couple of those years were. Was the second year? Okay, one of those... maybe it was because I had a job at that time. I couldn't get there until Friday. So maybe it was the second year. I think they had a day of like tribute bands, didn't they? Yeah, because the like, day? yeah, there was like a day that was mainly tribute bands and they'd have like one. I think Steven Adler played like headline at night full of tribute bands, like one of those first years. And Did he? Other... I remember I another time that. like Firehouse played on Wednesday night and then there yeah. was, uh, you know, regional and local and tribute bands under him. Well, do you remember, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if I get my years crossed up here, forgive me, but you know, I don't, I don't, I go there and I party. So sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes I get, but I think it was 2008. There was a VIP only night. I think rat headlined. And it was, it was, you had to buy your own beer at that time for those younger people that don't know. Right. It used to be free beer. But uh, so that night we bought beer, but I think it was Rat and I don't know. I can't remember the next one, but that was super cool. And it was only VIP. There was no GA allowed. I think they're obviously pushing the VIP experience. Yeah. Which, you know, especially with free beer, I would highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that Absolutely. was a really good time, man. That was a really yeah. good time. Yeah. I remember, I think it was 2008, the Thursday night. You remember it was like Anthrax, Armored Saint. Metal Saxon. Night. Was it Thursday night? I think it was I Thursday. It was, it was it was before like the full like normal days started, I guess. But but it was like full on metal, like Overkill and Saxon and yeah, Anvil. it was um, it was uh, Anthrax <laughs> with Dan Nelson, which not many people have seen. <laughs> right. That to me that that's a whole special place in my heart because I thought Dan Nelson was incredible. You know, it kind of sounds yeah. like Phil from Pantera. Yeah, I thought it was a great mix. You know, obviously personalities and and whatever don't mix, but right. <laughs> that was a great show, man. I was I felt privileged to see that, man. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, that was cool. 
Really, yeah. really dug. I almost had a heat stroke during metal church because I wore all black and <laughs> I love metal church, man. I love metal church. So I was just rocking. I'm just like, oh my God. I gotta go to Fred Stacy's trailer and get this AC on me. So but but I recovered. I recovered. I lived. Yeah. Came to fight another day. Yeah. Rock another day, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Fred and Stacy and Camp Yeager. I mean, that's another huge thing that went on, you know, not just those first couple of years, but for many years. And those first few years had like what I mean, there were several campground stages, at least in the early days. I can't yeah. remember the names of half of them. But well, there was Axis. Well, which yeah, was obviously. A, which was yeah. a Rocklahoma sponsored one, but yeah. it was in the campground so you could bring your own beer. Yeah. Which was a great meetup spot because you couldn't miss it. That or Camp Jaeger, you know? Yeah. I miss that, yeah. you know? But hey, I understand it's a business. Yeah. Somebody up there is <laughs> counting beans and going, hey, you know what? Right. You move this indoors and charge for beer. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But that was those are cool experiences. I'm glad I was there those years. Yeah. Yeah, I remember towards the very back of VIP, there was just like a, a huge tent that had bands playing. And I don't even remember like if it was someone that kept doing it or not, you know, but uh -huh. I, that's another thing I remember about the early years is you just kind of stumble around into a campground. All of a sudden there'd be a band playing, mm -hmm. you know, which I think that's yeah. kind of because it was a little more rough shot where you could kind of get away with that stuff, like you said, before they stepped in and yeah. liabilities and obviously didn't have to have insurance whatnot <laughs> well, well the first one i think in 2008 and maybe 2007 i don't know we didn't go in the campgrounds the first year 2008 was garden of evil bro okay uh, that's right yeah yeah and then which spawned into 2009 which was the first year of camp jaeger and man because you know garden evil was great but there was just people in there feeling like i don't really like how they're i don't know they did this weird split of like friends and strangers and it was just kind of bizarre yeah. you know i mean i get it it made you feel special but you know but yeah camp jaeger did it right man camp jaeger i miss those guys man i miss them miss it camp grad yeah. hadn't been the same since yeah yeah i agree i like because you know my campsite's just like i could just stumble from theirs to mine you know so it's kind of nice <laughs> mine too mine too man and on all due respect to everything that's going on in the campground these days, these people work hard. I mean, they, wow, they go full blown out. And I want to be involved with all that, but here, my problem is I'm getting older. <laughs> and yeah. All these things are so far away from each other. You're talking 30, 40 minute walks in between them. I'm just like, I, you know, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Middle of the day, I can't make it all, you know, and just, yeah. you know, live bands are my thing, you know, I, I Hey, I would love to be able to win the bicycle tricycle race or whatever. I just don't think I'm going to <laughs> right. you know, be out there in hundred degree weather and trying, you know, I guess it'd be fun, but not for me, but for people watching me trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, they, I'm very impressed with what these younger, this new generation's doing with it. I, I love where they're taking it. I love that they're getting people involved. You know, it's, it's become a family. I mean, you and me both, we um, we both came from the original family. And it was family. I'm, I used to meet these people all over the country for shows. You know, we became very, very, very close friends. You know, and all the, most of those people have faded out. We're one of the holdouts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, but but there's a new family now, you know, and I see it growing. I've, I've 
fortunately, I'm blessed to feel like I've been included with this new family. You know, have a good, lot of good friends in there. But it's just, it's kind of changed, you know. It's it's a, it's a lot of walking when Camp Jaeger was a, skipping a do. I could hear it from my campsite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's gotten harder. It's gotten harder yeah. for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that because I'm like, I mean, like you said, there's a good chunk of people that I became like really good friends with, you know, from those early years on. And some of them don't go anymore, but we still keep in contact, which is cool. Cause I mean, you don't get that experience from a normal, I would think even a normal festival. Cause you know, you go, you leave, you come back, you might be in the mm -hmm. same area the next year. Yeah. You, know, you don't. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, I've, I've wondered this often, how many people go to Rocklahoma that don't connect with the heart of Rocklahoma? You know, the people that, you know, you know, Fallon and you know, uh, 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 you know, surviving Rocklahoma, you know, on all these folks. I mean, there's a lot of them. I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm not going to start a list, right? But I mean, they put a lot of work, you know, a lot of work into you know, the big bus, you know, yeah. just a, going out of their way to make this not just a music festival, but a um, a social engagement, you yeah. know what I mean. So yeah, all all the world to them, you know. I mean, that's just it's amazing. I, I'm very proud of them. I'm, I'm proud that I consider myself the OG, you know, but they are the new G, you right. know. And they're taking the torch and taking it on, and I think that's super cool. I wish we could get bands back in the campground, but you know, I don't. I, I hear it's become very expensive to do that. Yeah, yeah. So whenever AEG came in and they you know, changed up the format to make it like more of an inclusive, like modern rock, all kinds of different rock right. and metal, not just the eighties rock. You know I mean? I know both you and I, you know, share the love of all these different genres. So I was yes, cool sir. with it, but at the same time, were you a little taken aback at first? Like, Oh, they're taking away our thing. Cause I know there's still people to this day that bitch about it, which, you know, I get it. <laughs> but at, at the same time, it's like, you expect these people Rocklahoma wouldn't be here right now if they hadn't changed the format, you know? <laughs> exactly. that, that's, that's my thoughts. I mean, every post, there's at least one person yeah. that says they should go back, you know? And, you know, I like modern rock, too. I mean, I grew up on 80s. I love 80s. I mean, you know, yeah. but I listen to modern rock more these days. But to me, it was necessary because mm -hmm. I was in the campgrounds in 2009 and the campgrounds you see these days that is just packed to the gills. 2009 was not like that. It was a ghost town. I would say of the original, I don't know if people know this, but there, there, there are original campgrounds and then they started building satellite campgrounds. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, but just the original one was maybe a quarter full, maybe on a good day. Yeah. So I saw the writing on the wall. I was like, man, I think this may be it, you know, because there was very few people there. It was super empty. And, you know, I was kind of a little bit, you know, when AG came in and brought some modern rock in, I, I was happy for it because I didn't want it to die. I have a good time out there. Yeah. So, you know, it, I like that they keep some 80s going, though. You know, they're staying true and, uh, you know, given the nod to what built that festival and people need to realize that, you know, they're, they're doing their best and there's not a lot of 80s bands left. You, I don't think, I don't know, man, could you book a full festival of 80s bands right now? If you did, it would be a bunch of bands with, yeah, 
like one bass player or one drummer left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky, or you know, maybe and then headlined by Poison or Tesla, and that's about it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not a lot left. So you know, yeah. there's a lot of you know, I don't know, I don't really know Wigwam, but I'm sure they're '80s ish. There's new bands yeah. that are '80s ish, which are cool. I'm digging that they're because it's gonna come back. Everything does, but you but know, not a John American. Obviously, 2009 was not was not uh drawing very much granted there was a financial crisis but there's also less and less bands every year you know yeah and that's well, all i got to say about that <laughs> <laughs> well i i did jot down to mention it because i'm pretty i think you went to rock in america right uh yes sir yeah. i did yeah because they i mean they kind of stepped in to try to fill that void and i mean it uh-huh. I guess it had some moderate success, but they obviously didn't bring it back because it wasn't like yeah. a massive success. But that was kind it, of a cool, you know, this little offshoot to, you know, keep living out that thing for, you know, at least yeah. another another weekend the next year. Well, <laughs> yeah, as you say that, I think it proves the point that Rocklahoma could not have gone as, on as it was. It was just yeah. couldn't have happened. It, 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 we wouldn't be talking about Rocklahoma right now if they would have stuck with that format. Right. Rockin' America was great. It was great. But, you know, during docking, I could walk up and get maybe three rows. You know, people are standing there, so it's not actually rows. But, you know what I'm saying, the distance of three or four rows back, just whenever I wanted. So, it was great, but I don't think they made a lot of money or they would have done it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I love that festival. That was a great festival. Yeah, the joy with that one was the hanging out in the – that hotel afterwards, you know. <laughs> oh, the are you talking about the Garden of Evil after thing with the yeah. uh, Don Do- or uh, George Lance plant? Man, I met George Lance that night. Don Dawkins, a couple other people. I don't know, but yeah, that was that was amazing. I was super disappointed when it happened again, but I yeah. kind of saw the writing on the wall by the turnout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, they have camping, so yeah, just being in the middle of town, you know, it's kind of. I yeah. mean, that's another that's another thing that's always great about Rocklahoma you know it's like you know being someone that works festivals I tell people that all the time it's like even though you might think a lineup's better over here I can tell you your overall experience is probably going to be funner at Rocklahoma because of these campgrounds yeah. exactly <laughs> you know and and I've, I've done it both and it's fun either way but yeah I think I feel like if Rock in America would have <laughs> got some sort of shuttle service and had some deal with a hotel where they would shuttle people I think it might have done better, you know, yeah. but not a lot of people would want to get blasted, wasted and and drive out of, you know, yeah. you know, that area. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty top heavy. You really don't want to be driving too drunk out of there. So right. I, that was kind of a drawback on it. But damn good. Damn good concept. I wish they'd bring another one back. But, you know, I don't know if I, I would invest in it or not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. I probably would, but that'd be out of my love. yeah hey i did get to see scorpions for the first time at that so i got to live out that dream (laughs) that was cool man scorpions great it was it was it was all great it was a great great festival i loved it you know yeah didn't have free beer so i was a little miffed about that but i got through (laughs) it i got through it and i got through the cops back to my hotel too or to the stone pony or no wait the stone garden Stone oh, yeah. Gardens where they had those, they had that those parts. Those were legendary, dude. I <laughs> woo, I don't know if I ever laughed and rocked that hard in my life. That was amazing. That was a great experience. I hope everybody got to do that because that was cool. 
Yeah. Can you name throughout the past, you know, the first 15 years of Oklahoma, can you name one or two performances that stand out as the best to you? Or is that oh, too yeah, tough? Man. It used to be easier, you know? but now after all these years, it keeps getting harder, I think. but Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, like I said, Dan Nelson with Anthrax, that's something you're not going to see. You know, it's yeah. just something that was very special to that to that festival. Um, honestly, yeah, you know, and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Vince Neil these days, but when Vince Neil played original Rocklahoma, it was a great show. It was a really good show. I, I you know, even for Vince Neil, I thought it was really great. The whole first year was great. It was cool seeing Triumph reunite yeah. for Oklahoma. That was yeah. a great experience, you know. And then, uh, you know, uh, Saxon, you know, freaking Saxon played. I know a lot of people like, oh, you know what? It, but dude, come on, you wouldn't have a lot what you have these days if it weren't for bands like Saxon. Yeah. What would? And then we uh, do you remember? I'm gonna ask you two things if you remember because I, I feel like I'm crazy sometimes. Do you remember them showing the Anvil movie? At the end of Rocklahoma one year, yeah, it was that. Yeah. It was that Thursday night metal night after like Anvil and yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, that one's true. Okay, let me ask you yeah. another one. Were there okay? You know where the stage is at and where the um the second stage used to be. You know, conveniently, <laughs> you yeah. walk over. You know, to the I guess which way you're looking. If you're looking stage left, and they had a tent, and there were strippers in there. Did you see that? <laughs> Yeah. Or is that just me? No, I remember that. Yeah, I remember there was that you massive did? tent that had like the bull. You remember like the bull riding? Yeah, thing? yeah. And then it also like would randomly, I remember randomly being strippers and then there'd be bands yeah. in there sometimes, but it was never consistent. So yeah. Well, dude, <laughs> I have not found one person besides you that remembers that. I'm like, you don't remember <laughs> the strippers? I mean, I just, uh, it seems bizarre to me that nobody remembers that, but that's cool. I'm glad you remember that. Good. I think okay. I think I've got photo evidence. I'll dig through it and see if I can find it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. If you got a link or a whatever, send it to me. <laughs> that was a good time, man. That was a really, really, really good time. And and back then, I think the band started at like 11 o'clock, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember yeah, watching at like 11, and I felt like my shoes were melting into the concrete. It was so hot. Yeah. This is yeah, July. <clears throat> Those those days in July being out there, yeah, at noon with like Steelheart or you know, Nelson or Vixen or whoever it was just yeah. <clears throat> but I did like I convinced two friends to go see Steelheart and they were like, I'm not going over there at fucking noon when it's 104 degrees to set through this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, just come with me. And then I basically turned them into lifelong fans because I mean that was one of my favorite performances I've ever seen, seeing that guy still sound like he did, you know, at that point, 25 years previous, you know. Dude, but yeah, let's yeah. not forget to mention, um, oh, wow, now it's going to blame me. Yeah, the Tulsa Festival that, that Doug saved, uh, Rock and okay. uh, Wild in the Streets, or is that it? Streets Gone Wild. Streets Gone Wild, Streets yeah. Gone Wild. Man, that dude is still as on it as he ever was. It just, yeah. It's amazing. It's just incredible. But that was another great festival that just, oh. Wish would come back. Oh, I wish that would. He wish they. Could, but I understand. It's it's, it, it's it's proof again that it's really hard to make money on yeah. an eighty strictly festival. Yeah, it's like it's got its niche audience and people will show up, but it doesn't really have that growing power. I don't think you know. 
Yeah, unfortunately, man, and there's less and less bands these days that are really doing it any good or yeah. have many of the original members, which, yeah, you know, I've kind of got over that, man, whatever. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see the original singer, but, you know, as long as the song, original songwriters in there, yeah, it's cool, man. It's whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It might be my all-time favorite Rock Lomer performance was Kicks in 2008 after the storm. I don't know if you oh, remember that. After, you know, everybody left the venue for that storm and everything, and then they came back, and I think Lita Ford was first, and it mm -hmm. was kind of raining off and on, and then Kicks came out, and it just started pouring rain, and no one, like, no one left, at least in the VIP area, and it was just, I mean, it was pouring pretty heavy, and I just remember not a single, from what I could see, barely anybody was leaving, and I thought that was kind of a testament to the fact that, you know, at that point, Kicks hadn't played outside of the Northeast and since the 90s, I think. Are you sure it wasn't Trickster? Or no, Trickster was who was playing whenever the storm happened. When it start, oh, that, you're talking about after. Okay, I'm talking right, about okay. after everybody came back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to the second stage stands? I mean, there was no second stage left. Did we just cancel? I don't really remember. That's a good point. Yeah, I remember like it. part of that fell over, and I don't know what, if the next day, if they fixed that or can't remember. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it was still jacked the next day. And, you know, and a quick, funny story. You know that that year, I met I met a one some a friend in Brett Michaels, and he sold me front row tickets, you know, to that show. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I was so pumped. Front row, my first time ever front row, and uh, and then it started raining. End <laughs> <laughs> of the day, I'm like, of course, the day I get front row tickets, it's gonna. But you know, <laughs> I made it back to front row, so we're good. Yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> That was good years, man. I wish we could go do them again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like whenever the format changed, the vibe kind of at least changed a bit, but that's to be expected because, you know, I mean, it's a totally different generation crowd coming in. Yeah. But you still sure. had a lot of the same people because, I mean, a lot of the people that like, you know, Motley Crue or Poison or Def Leppard also like Godsmack and Rob Zombie and that's me. Else, you know, that's like me. us. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it, the the good vibes are still there and I'm sure that's why we, you know, continue to come back year after year yeah at least well yeah. i like to call it uh fomo fomo oklahoma or wait fomo oklahoma i can't say it but it's it's a lot of fomo man you've got so many friends there yeah it's hard to miss man it's just hard you know it's a tough deal yeah you see that every year too on social media people are like i'm not going this year and then a couple weeks before all of a sudden they're going you know <laughs> yeah it's easy to say until it comes around I yeah. know I've done it many years. I'm like, all right, this is my last year. And then I go have a good time and I see all my people. I don't ever see, which are some of the coolest friends because, you know, it's great to have great friends that you don't see for a year. You don't, you know, you Facebook around or whatever, but then you see them and it's like you pick up exactly where you left off. There's yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? It's instant love, man. There's no awkwardness. It's just all excitement and just great to see these people, man. Yeah. That speaks to the power of Oklahoma right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Like, what are you, do you have any personal thoughts on, do you think Oklahoma needs to do to like survive in the long run? I mean, I know we're already 16 years in, it's already kind of the long run, but I meant you've got yeah. so many more festivals now than there used to be. Especially yeah, all those Danny sure. Wimmer fests. I mean, do you think Rock Oklahoma can continue to at this level or do they need to do something? 
I mean, you know, there's what I think, and then there's, you know, the reality <laughs> of what's going on. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. I mean, the reality is they're selling out the, the big packages and VIP with record speed. So obviously they're doing something right. You know, me as an old timer of when the, uh, there was a lot more to offer, you know, that, yeah. you know, it kind of seems slimmed down to me, you know, but dude, they're selling tickets. And, you know, as a business person, why would you, why would you do more? If, if you're selling out that quick, why would you do anything different until that changes? You know, and I, I totally get that. I, you know, personally, I wish that Rocklahoma would, uh, you know, step up a little bit, maybe get these, you know, with the other festivals. I honestly, I can't tell you the capacity of all these venues and, you know, it may be a logistics thing like, well, this is a max we could sell and this is what we got to pay to do that. And it doesn't make sense. You know, and I can't expect them to not take care of their investors. You know, right. I get that. But, you know, it's, you know, there's always something to gripe about. I'm sure the people that have the, the biggest festival in the world you know, still gripe about something. People yeah. are just going to gripe, you know, including myself, you know. But, you know, the reality, man, man, they're doing, they're putting out a good product and it shows by their sales. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this year was a you know a good year to, that they brought in a few artists that either haven't been there or haven't been there in quite a while. So yeah, you know it's especially with two of the headliners with Pantera and Limp Bizkit and having never played Ooh, there. Yeah. Pantera boy, <laughs> jingled my heart there, brother. <laughs> yeah, man, I I was praying, praying when I heard Pantera got back. I was like, please let Rock Oklahoma get. And I kind of doubted it. I don't know why. I just yeah because. I just did. And then when I heard Pantera, honestly, the rest of the list could have said whatever it said. I just, <laughs> right. I'm pumped about Pantera, man. I know it's not Pantera. I know there's people that are, it's not, the, but hey, man, it's as close as we're going to get in this lifetime. Yeah. So let's take advantage of that. You couldn't have picked better people for the job. So, you know, more power to him. Phil was a big part of Pantera, that dude. He wrote all the lyrics. He came up with guitar riffs. He brought the attitude. I think Phil deserves Pantera as much as anybody else. Just because he wasn't there the first day it was named. Yeah. That's not he was there when it Pantera became Pantera. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. And I like your old stuff too. I like projects and I like that stuff too, but it's not right. Phil Pantera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I mean I'm a diehard, you know, Dimebag and Vinny fan, but I fully believe that if Phil hadn't been there, that band wouldn't have got to the level they got to because they wouldn't have made that transition into, you know, vulgar display of power from Cowboys to Hell. They might not, not even got as heavy as Cowboys from Hell if it wasn't for Phil, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think they would have done, uh, you yeah. know, I think they probably would have probably made a living, but I don't think that they would have become the band that could transcend all trends i mean yeah. pantera stayed as a top seller through all kinds of goofy ass trends you know what yeah. i mean i mean they're yeah. just they, they, everybody was going softer pantera went harder and did better so i gotta respect that man and you know that part of that is phil yeah. you gotta know that you know so you know i mean the brothers are just as much as pantera but i feel like phil deserves 
to be able to do this without being hassled. Yeah. That's just my opinion, you know? Yeah, I fully agree. Okay, so good, good. with that being said, I mean, jumping into this year, like what are, besides Pantera, like what are you looking forward to the most, like as far as anybody you've seen or haven't seen? Man, did I say Pantera? No. <laughs> Let's talk about that. No. <laughs> uh, you know, man, you know, the surprise there's a lot. I'm, I'm looking forward to see Ginger. I, I wish she would have been on main stage, but I understand why. Or I shouldn't say she. I should say they. <laughs> I understand why they're not. They're they better suited for second stage. I get it, but I kind of hope for my own selfish reasons. I could have saw them, you know, up closer. But, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, my surprise is I, I've listened to uh, Bush, um, their new stuff. It's really heavy. You know, I'm just like, Man, I love their set list. I love what they're doing. You know, I'm not a huge Bush fan, but man, they are rocking it. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to Bush, man. I'm I mean, I'm looking forward to really everything. You know, I just um just experience my friends that I haven't seen in a year. But yeah, if I had a list in front of me, I would I could probably go through. You know, I I wish we would have had Jackal this year, but. You know. Yeah, it's kind of surprised because it's been usually it's like every other year it's been at least. I don't know. This will be the third one, I guess, now with Adam. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jackal is all. I mean, I know the new new metal people are like, oh, what is this? But you know, hey, remember what built this festival? Yeah, and that's Jackal. Ja- I mean, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you know more than I do. But didn't Jesse James um, introduce Rocklahoma to AEG? Yeah, you know. Like, hey, you need to talk to these guys about taking this festival to the new level. Is is that a true story, or am I just? Yeah, he's good friends with someone high up in AEG. Yeah, and just yeah. basically basically made the introduction between, you know, them basically Sharon and them to AEG and said, "Hey, let's make this happen." And it just went from there. So, right, I guess in a roundabout way, that's saying, yeah, that basically Jesse James Dupree saved Rocklahoma. I, I I go with that. I totally go with that, man. I'm telling you. And without that, I'm telling you, we would not be talking about rock light. There's no. I don't know how M3 does it. I don't know. I haven't been to M3. I'd like to go, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know how much longer it can go. Yeah, I'm surprised too because they seem to. I mean, there's always you know someone surprising in there, but for the most part, it seems like the same bands kind mm-hmm. of repeating themselves. Like what you mentioned earlier, you can't really expand too far out of there you know there (laughs) how many bands how many actual ladies bands are left even even with uh you know members that weren't in there there's there's only a handful unfortunately that means we're getting old yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah i'd love to go to m3 sometime though it looks like a great cool venue we'll see random side note speaking of of jesse james dupree several years ago whatever the year was that they played with right after or right before Cedar, and that whole thing happened. Um, <laughs> on my podcast directly after that, on a, like a Rocklahoma review episode, me and Jason mm-hmm. were talking about that situation and basically defended mm-hmm. Jackal. <laughs> yeah. And then like the next day, got a message from Jackal's manager and said, hey, what's your address? Jesse listened to your podcast and really liked what you said. So then he sent us this massive box with like six bottles of whiskey, tons of, you know, T-shirts, hats, CDs, and autographed crap, all kinds of stuff. It was crazy. <laughs> right on, yeah. man. Hey, you deserve it, man. I mean, you take you take time out of your busy schedule to do this for people, man. I mean, it's, you know, I enjoy it, you know. I mean, 
I'm sure many people do, bro. And it's <laughs> cool you do that. So, yeah, especially for saying what you feel instead of what you think you need to say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think the majority of that crowd was kind of seether. You know, yeah. ah, it's crap that I do, but they don't understand. They just don't understand how Jesse James basically made this festival you're being mad about didn't go your way possible. Yeah. Gotta give him some leeway. He's Jesse James Dupree, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the funny thing was, after all that happened, like it didn't even cut into Cedar's time. It actually cut into like nothing more. Whoever was playing on the side stage between it, the two. Yeah. Bands. Yeah. It was nothing more. <laughs> Yeah, which is a great band. I mean, which sucks. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wish the festival could go. Okay, let's adjust times. But you know, hey, I don't run a festival, so that may be the difference <laughs> in thousands of dollars. I don't know. Right. I have no idea. I, I do know that I used to work stagehand, and I know that after a certain time, stagehands' pay goes double. Yeah, it's not be pretty expensive. You know, if you go too late. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll tell you from a personal standpoint, besides the obvious with Pantera, I'm like really looking forward to seeing Crobot. The only time that I've seen them live was at Rocklahoma last time they played. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think three years ago now, maybe three or four. Yeah. Um, and I've just never been able to see them live outside of that. Just yeah. absolutely love everything these guys have done. I don't know. I was very surprised at how Crobot sounded. I hear the name. Yeah, <laughs> I picture something and I listen to him like that's that's very different than what I would imagine it would sound like, you know, the vocal. I, I kind of picture really heavy, heavy vocals. And, and maybe I'm yeah. thinking of somebody else, but Probot has a pretty good singer, right? With a pretty good range. Am I, am I thinking the right man? Yeah. OK, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I they're kind of one of those. They're hard rock, but they're like borderline rock and metal, you know? Yeah. Between there I mean, with like a melodic singer. Yeah. 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 He's got a good melodic singer and Probot to me is. You know yeah. that type of stuff. You know, but yeah, I'll definitely. I didn't even. They playing this year? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just pulled the. I just pulled the lineup up there on Saturday. Oh well, sweet. Yeah. When are they playing? Give them a shout out. I've got. I've just got the lineup up, not the, not the schedule line, not the day, the times or whatever. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> well, everybody can find it themselves. Just let's just say, yeah. go see Crowbot. Man, well, yeah. Crowbot's a great band. And speaking on what you just said, like I saw an interview with that guy a couple years ago and they were talking about the name and he said that when he first started the band, they were heavier and he mm -hmm. wanted, he said he wanted something that kind of incorporated the sound of robots and the sound of crowbar. <laughs> and so the guy that was, whoever he was talking to just mixed the two names and came up with crowbot and then they ended up sounding nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool name. I love the name. And, and I think actually, I don't even know if I went and watched them the first. I don't know. It seems like I was kind of like, well, I can kind of picture what they're going to be like. Which I used to listen to the playlist. But when I listened to them, I was, wow, this is really good. Not that, not that Grunner and Screamers aren't good. That's not what I'm saying. Right, relax. I yeah. like it all. But it was just, it was, it was a vocal performance that I did not expect. I'll just say that. Right. Looking at the, the lineup from a name standpoint as well, like Sunday, I've seen a lot of people say it as well, but Sunday looks really stacked as far as for my personal taste. When you've got Rob Zombie, Pantera, Corey Taylor, Ministry, Mammoth, WVH, Filter, Ginger, Buck Cherry. We even just added Dime Store Riot to the list on Sunday. Woo! I mean, that's all in one day. You know, that's crazy. Get excited there, bro. Yeah. I, well, I have, I've, I've heard through channels now, you know. You know how channels are. 
I've right. heard that Sunday cost for Oklahoma almost as much as the other two days combined. Just I what I've heard. That. Yeah. And I don't know that that's true. This is um, coming through an anonymous source from a very good source, but I trust the person that, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of believe it. That's a pretty, pretty good lineup. I remember when, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Rob Zombie opened for Disturbed one year on the, I think it was the 10th anniversary, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great show. I was a little disappointed that, you know, Rob Zombie was super scaled back, but you've got to expect that. You know, I mean, I'm guessing that again this year, if he's going on before Pantera, they probably scaled back. I'm expecting scaled <laughs> back, but even scaled back, Rob Zombie's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Always great. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because yeah. I, I used to think, you know, because I got the chance to see him a bunch in the 90s, whether it with White Zombie or just solo. And mm-hmm. I always thought that early on in those days, like he, his shows would start and he didn't sound good. And then usually about four or five songs in, something would happen and all of a sudden he sounded good. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, as as the years went on, it's like, I don't hear that anymore. It just comes out sounding good. I mean, hopefully that's okay. not because of some something else going on. But <laughs> did you see Rob Zombie the first time he played Rock, Oklahoma? Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. yeah. That was an amazing, it was all, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, if, uh, you know, neon light, day glow, colors. Oh, that's was, right. Yeah. Yeah. Blew me away, man. I was at, at that point, that was the best Rock, Oklahoma show I'd ever seen. Even not, he wasn't my favorite band, but that was the most entertaining thing I had seen at Rock, Oklahoma. And Allison Chains is probably my favorite performance because I just loved him. You know, yeah. Love those guys, man. Even without Lane, you know, God rest your soul, brother. But uh, yeah, man, they're they're carrying on as I think Lane would approve. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah, and speaking of that, that time period, you know, the biggest loss I think from anything that got missed due to weather or anything else would have to be Soundgarden, even though that wasn't obviously weather. Uh, but you know, that's yeah. the biggest loss I think of missing someone at Rockloma, in my opinion. Yeah, def- definitely, my wife is a Soundgarden. Well, let me let me correct. Uh, Chris Cornell, a huge fan of Chris Cornell, you know, and it just, I don't remember how many days it was, but I, I woke up to Roy Parker's text. Hey man, he killed himself. Just, Oh, wow. You know, that was, that was pretty heavy, man. Pretty heavy. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunate. You already mentioned and something else that, you know, was talked about is the fact that it seems like, the last three or four, you know, years of Rocklahoma, mm-hmm. especially since they took Axis away, like the the number of bands seems to decline every year, mm-hmm. and even this year with Roadhouse Stage seems to even have less. You know, it's like I've talked to Doug on the podcast every year uh-huh. outside of this year, and that would be a good question to ask him. But it's like I don't know if it's just me, but I swear on the Roadhouse Stage this year, there's significantly less bands than there was the last couple of years. I feel like last year, and maybe the year before, there were bands during the day, and then there were a few bands at night. Now it's like some bands during the day and one band at night. So, you know, I, you know, I can't say I know how to run a festival, and I'll leave that to people that are good at that. <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I kind of like it starting earlier in a way. And you know, at first I was like, you know, a two-hour break. You know, like what just to make more money, which is what they're trying to do. I mean, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I mean, they're not our right. best friends, just giving us a favor. That's it's a business, 
<laughs> but you know, after I thought about it, I was like, well, hey man, that'll give me time to talk to people, to check out the vendors, to eat. It gives you time to because it's been a constant tick 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 over. You know, next day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You didn't have a lot of time to do much if you wanted to see the band. So, hey, I, I get it. You know, it, I get it. Let's just hope the heat isn't um, too oppressive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of break in it, but we'll see. Let's hope. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, you, you can look at that either way. It's like you've got some of these festivals like those European festivals or just like Blue Ridge Rock Fest happened in the week mm-hmm. after Oklahoma where like if there's – 20 bands you're wanting to see you might get lucky and see five or six of them because there's usually three bands playing at the same time at all times so it's like on the flip side of that with rocklahoma if you want to see a band you're going to get to see the majority of every set from every band you want to absolutely so yeah you might you might miss a couple minutes you know if you don't want to leave early for one to the other which i'm depending on who the bands are you know usually i'm Obviously, I have pretty good seats, so I kind of favor the main stage bands. But you know, it's a walk over there. But I try to see everybody I can, you know. And I use I feel pretty satisfied, you know, yeah. that I can I have I miss some, but hey, man, you know, it's rock and roll. You're yeah. gonna see people on the way there that uh, you know you haven't seen in a while. You gotta have to spend a little time with those people because that's that's what's gonna matter in the end, man. We're all gonna see these bands hopefully multiple times. Yeah. yeah. That's so what's your what's your like best drunk story from Rocklahoma that you were willing to t- say here on the podcast? <laughs> oh, oh man, oh gosh, that's a lot of them. But just the the first thing that that uh, pops into my mind, and this is probably going to be pre most people listen to this podcast time. But <laughs> I don't, 2008, 2009, there used to be a um, rock quarry um off somewhere <laughs> i don't know off somewhere yeah in the distance i don't know we took a golf cart over there and there were people swimming in this thing it was it was it was crazy and we just got insanely drunk and hung out and it was just i don't know man i've never seen anything like it i mean it's it was it was an incredible thing and that's just off the top of my head i'm sure there are stories that Later on, I'll go, oh, man, I should have thought of that. But it's off the top of my head. That just something that doesn't happen anymore. They shut that down because I guess yeah, health concerns. I saw a dude do a backflip off a ramp into the, I don't know what you would call it, the pond? The Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what you would call that thing. Yeah, I just always it call it a pond. Time, <laughs> yeah. The earlier days were insane. I mean, they're insane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what sucks and when it was necessary? They stopped cruising through the through the um, campgrounds, and and I understand why. Perfectly yeah. sensible, I get it. Safety thing, but man, back in the day when you could go cruising around and go see all your friends, now, and that's the problem. There's so many things going on, but you've got a forty minute walk to one thing to another, and it, it's hard to do, man. Especially when you start getting, you know. A little wiser, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> by that, I mean older. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was some good times back then. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I have some crazy stories I did not think of. But yeah, that that was that was pretty crazy. And there was a ride with Brandy Inser. I don't know if you don't know who she is. <laughs> but yeah, we had some crazy conversations. Me and a couple other guys. Or, yeah, it was a good time. That was, I shouldn't even bring that up since I don't have any 
particular story, but okay. it was a lot of fun. I'll just say pink helicopter, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think it was 2008 as well. Whatever that year was that Armored Saint played. Um, oh, man. I I woke up in the morning under my truck and it wasn't just like kind of like I fell and was there. It's like I was legitimately like directly 100% under the truck, like in the middle. Nothing you slept under me, your like, truck? No drinks, nothing, just in the grass, like, you know, like a foot of space between my head and like the <laughs> bottom of the engine. So you just I, slept under your truck? Yeah, somehow, I, but I somehow managed to get clear up under there. I rolled back out. <laughs> you know, it's like at this point, it's already like 10 a.m. or something. So I just rolled back out, get on a lawn chair and I'm laying there. And a friend of mine comes flying up in a vehicle that at that point was working for, for Love Bottling, who was one of the sponsors. And he's like, I've been trying to call you for the last two hours. And I'm like, well, I just woke up. He's like, I've got meet and greet passes for Armored Saint. Let's go right now. And he grabbed me and what? took me out there. And I'm at this point still just like disheveled and hung over and think I'm going to puke everywhere. And I'm like <laughs> trying to keep myself together. I'm like, because John Bush is like one of my favorite singers of all time. <laughs> oh, I'm with you, dude. Anthrax, John Bush is my favorite. Yeah. So I'm just like, I look like total hell. And I walk up to him and I I just said, dude, you know, you're the greatest heavy metal singer of all time. And he's like, well, you haven't you haven't ever heard Rob Halford or Bruce Dickinson? He's like, well, you're my favorite singer is what I'm trying to say. He's like, okay, I'll accept that. He's better. <laughs> he's better. I mean, Rob Halford's awesome, but he's a little tinny compared to John Bush. But hey, yeah. man, it depends on what you like, man. It depends on what you like. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And one other thing, didn't didn't you meet each other at Rocklahoma? Is that? Uh, you know, that's, that's a legend, but it's not exactly true. Okay. Um, we, yeah. We, we met through friends at Rocklahoma. We knew of each <laughs> other, but never really talked. And then in between, I don't know, 2009 and 2010, we were introduced and, uh, you know, kind of hit it off, man. It's, it's been a, it's been a great ride, man. It's been awesome. Rocklahoma definitely changed my life in more than one way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people think we met there, but we didn't actually meet there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it still was the um, oh, what's the, word? the uh, implement <laughs> to the misery I put her through now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to throw out there besides like, I mean, I, I, I'd written down like I was going to ask you like what keeps bringing you back. 16 years in but i think we've kind of covered that throughout the course of this <laughs> yeah that's the people bro that's the people yeah. and it's and it's run really well the people sharing and the people at the office it's it's a very run well festival you know of course there's problems but that's man, it's, it's so unpredictable you can't you know you can't prepare yourself for that i mean you can but there's always going to be something that you didn't know wouldn't work so you know it's a work in progress always it never stops changing so Oh, my hat's off to them, how they run this thing and how they treat their people. I think it's better than any other festival in the U.S. that I know of. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a great job. You know, you know I want to uh, shout out to the Rocklahoma bitches. Man, they they do it. They do it, do it. Uh, hey, I also want to say, uh, you know, Brandy for Miss Rocklahoma. Because, uh, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I get tired of uh, girls that come in for one year and pad their you know and there's a you know lacy and there's a lot of them that didn't do that but there are some that come get it put it in their portfolio and move on yeah brandy's not that she is uh she works in the community she does a lot for these state for these um different groups so 
good for her. I hope she wins it. I, I think the people want that. Yeah. 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 And surviving so. Rocklahoma. Thanks for what that guy does, man. That dude. That's love. That's all love yeah. for that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he that guy puts in, Adam puts in like so much freaking effort into like just compiling when you just look at just the stuff like the you know the list of all the parties and the events going on during Rockalama just that alone is insane but just imagine he's doing this stuff year round just kind of keeping stuff together for everybody and keeping it in everybody's spirits I know it. you gotta love that you know when you shoot off um, Camp Mardi Gras I hope you guys go to that um, costume contest because I've been yeah. pretty nuts Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just go check it out man go check it out yeah, I always try to make a stop over there for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to do that. You got to do that. But, you know, you know, this year, unfortunately, we're back to the Hard Rock Hotel. You know, not really by choice. Just kind of happens that way, man. You know, but it's all right. We'll get back in the campground eventually. Oh, right. did you want to talk about uh, camping versus uh, hotel? I was going to, you know, bring it up because as someone that's done both, I've only ever camped out there myself. Yeah, but you've done both, and you always hear people saying, "Oh, you need to camp," and I mean that's the only thing I know, so that's the only thing I can tell people. Right, but it's done both. I mean, obviously the the shower, the nice bed, or the peace and quiet's good every once in a while, but I would assume camping is the ultimate kind of thing when it comes to Rockalama. <laughs> camping is the best, you know. If you're not if you if you're if you're not worried about, I've done a lot of different ways. I did hotels first year, second year I tent camped. Uh, what third year I stayed with the Fosters and their uh, RV. Fourth year, me and my wife stayed in a hotel. We would drive out, sleep in her suburban until daylight, and drive back to the hotel. And then I've done Rockstar with the hotel and Rockstar camping. So it's it's all a good time. But you know, man, if you're if you're if you're willing to get out, you know, and put some steps in, camping's the way to go. But you know, to me, if you're not gonna do that. Man, a nice big bed and a huge shower is really nice. You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of the, the you know, whatever you want out of it, man. It's there for you, and that's what's cool about Rocklahoma, man. There's so many experiences, and you can customize it to your comfortability. So, you know, what I say about that, bro? Yeah, it's a good point because so many people out there. It's just like, I bet if you talk to a hundred different people, you would get a hundred different experiences you know <laughs> you're 100 percent right on that bro 100 percent right it's right. you know I, I don't begrudge anybody for what they want to do i mean whatever rocklahoma means to you i love you for it and i'm glad you do it and i hope you have a good time that's all i can say i don't go oh you, you don't camp you're wasting your you know it's I've, I've done it all and it's all great you know so do what fits you boo and you, <laughs> you'll be all right absolutely <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time with me today on this one. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to seeing you here in just a few days. Brother, I appreciate you uh, letting me on and, uh, you know, blabbering on about stuff that nobody really wants to listen to outside my Rocklahoma family, which yeah. is once a year. <laughs> you know, it's nice to talk about it. Got me pumped up, Trent. You got me pumped. Can't wait to see you, brother. There you go, John Stowe. A huge thank you to John for taking some time out there to give me a call on Zoom. So we could talk about our thoughts on Rocklahoma throughout the years and, of course, our thoughts on Rocklahoma this year. We're only a couple days away, I'm sure, as you know, if you're listening, if you've listened this far in. I'm sure you know exactly when Rocklahoma is. If you're one of those people that are already out there, 
because a lot of people do get out there. The gates officially open for the campgrounds on Sunday. Some people get out there on Saturday night and have a party at the gates until the gates actually open, which I think said 11 a.m. or noon maybe on Sunday, which by now, that's long since happened. You know, we're a couple couple days in. So for those of you that are already out there partying, hope you're having a good time holding it down for the rest of us that are getting there this week. I'll personally be getting there Wednesday. I'm always camped in VIP on row A. I've got a big banner for Thunder Underground. My campground situation is scaled back. I mean, I've still got the same amount of area, but it's scaled back from the way it used to be throughout the years because it used to be, even if I wasn't there, you could swing by and someone else, whether it be Jason or someone else on my behalf, could give you some Thunder Underground swag or say what's up. But all those people have dwindled throughout the years, and now it's just down to me. There are a couple people that will be camping with me, some surprises that many of you may know. But anyway, until then, I'm just saying swing by. If you see the banner, if you see me in the area, say what's up. I'm always in the area because I'm working, but working for the VIP company out there, as I have for the last several years. Someone else who's always working, even though they're out there having a great time, is Adam Richmond. And we mentioned him. Me and John mentioned him, and I spoke about him, I believe, previously in the intro coming up to this. But be sure and check out Surviving Rock Loma if you have not. It happens every Monday night. Every once in a while, they do it at a different time. If something comes up, but generally always Monday nights, and it's a video, live stream, everything, you can go back and check out those. Of course, after they happen, check out the podcast, all that great stuff. He's the official podcast of Rockloma. You know, I'm not sure what his first year was out there, but the guy is extremely knowledgeable about Rockloma. Always bringing everything together. Like I said, there's, you know, if you go to survivingrockloma.com, you can find links for other stuff, but there's campground maps that list a bunch of the campground names and list a bunch of the campground events, the unofficial you know, parties and things going on. Um, there's events going on every year, you know, to help raise money for charity, you know, just some fun events like scavenger hunts. There's people out there like Camp Rockavet that are always doing a ton, like giving away tickets every year, you know, leading up, I believe this year it's actually should have been done by now because this is dropping on Tuesday. I'm recording this here on Monday. I believe it's Monday when they were announcing it, but they're giving away several pairs excuse me, several sets of full weekend Rockloma passes to veterans. And they're all donated, you know, it's a complete nonprofit thing they do out there, which is a very cool thing. Another one that John mentioned was Rocklahoma Bitches, and I should have mentioned that on the up front, but they've been out there for many, many years. And Kendra and Christy, you know, are two of the coolest people you will meet. They're Rocklahoma royalty, I would say, just like I mentioned that word earlier. If you want something that says Rocklahoma bitches on it, you know, more than likely they'll give it to you because they've got all kinds of swag with their name and their logo on it. And the thing about Rocklahoma bitches is they just give you stuff, whether, it, you know, everybody's got the bracelets to give out, but they've got, you know, 
the clear plastic bags that are approved to go in venues like the draw sack, sack things or the, you know, t-shirts, koozies, stickers, lanyards, all kinds of stuff. And they're just happy to give it to you out of the kindness of their own heart. Two of the coolest chicks out there. So if you see Rocklahoma bitches, of course, yo Rocklahoma bitches. And then, you know, tell them you heard about them here. If for some reason you hadn't heard about them, I don't know how you're going to yell at them. So now I'm just talking in circles. But yeah, everything going on at Rocklahoma, you can be kept up to date. Like I said, right before the interview, if you get on We Love Rocklahoma and click join, you know, there'll be stuff going on throughout the weekend. You can post photos of stuff, you know, your experiences as they're going on. You can get info from others about, you know, pop-up camp parties, all that great stuff. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a blast. I could sit here, you know, me and John could have sat there and talked probably a couple hours of just random stories of, you know, the fun you've had in the campgrounds throughout the years. Because you can't, can't stress that enough. Like, you know, we kind of did in that interview and I've done it every time I talk about Rockholm. I mean, that's the, the one thing that I wouldn't say sets Rockholm apart. Cause there, like I said, there's tons of festivals out there that have camping events, you know, you know, campgrounds. But as someone that now works a lot of these festivals, you know, obviously I'm having a different experience working than someone that is going to the show. But I can tell you from the vibe and from the feeling and from people I've talked to and everything I've seen, there's very few festivals that match the camping experience of Rogaloma. I mean, there's festival like Huloween in Florida, which is a totally different genre and format. That's the only thing that I've found that comes close. Huloween or Electric Forest in Michigan. And both those are, you know, it's a wildly different genre, totally different experience, but it's the same kind of feeling, I think, where even though both those, I believe, do have more restrictions in Rockaloma still, but it's the few where you get the vibe of like a very, you know, inclusive environment. If this is your first time going and you get out there and you go into campgrounds, you're going to have, you're going to leave there knowing someone you didn't know, you know, I mean, that's not just how it is at any show. You bump into someone say, Hey, my, you know, share a few quips about the band I just played, but no, this is different. It's like you get lifelong friends, lifelong experiences, lifelong memories. And yeah, that should be the place to end it, right? All right. If this is your first time listening, I greatly appreciate it. There's 383 episodes previous to this one that you can check out. One of those previous episodes was last week, and it was Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, one of the greatest vocalists in the history of rock and roll. I actually got the opportunity to see him Monday night, last night, live, in a full set for the first time. I saw him from the side of the stage last year for two songs, but this is the first full set I'm seeing this man right after he turns 72, so I'm going to be talking to you about that on the next episode, I'm sure of it. But also, I've had on D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Jeff Tate, formerly of Queensryche, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and Dio, Gene Simmons of Kiss, Bruce Kulick, formerly of Kiss, David Elfson, formerly of Megadeth, Chris Broderick, formerly of Med- Megadeth, James Lomenzo, currently of Megadeth. Let me see, Pantera, no one's ever been on this podcast from Pantera, except for Phil and Selmno for about 20 seconds, which that's a whole other story in itself that we had told many times, but Jimmy Bauer, 
who is the drummer in Down, who was the bass player in Superjoint, and of course has his own band, I Hate God. He was on a podcast with me and Jason several years ago, and we were on the Superjoint tour bus, and Phil came out and just started making coffee and then talking about how a security guard looked like Pepper Keenan. So there's my Pantera connection to the podcast, but other connections, bands that Pantera toured with, two members of White Zombie have been on this podcast. Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative, Tommy Victor of Prong, Paige Hamilton of Helmet. Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murder was on here before he unfortunately passed away. I've had on Frank Cannon from Tesla multiple times. Damon Johnson of Brother Kane, Thin Lizzy, and Leonard Skinner multiple times. Two of the members of Corrosion Conformity, two of the members of Seven Dust, a member of Shinedown, Saliva, Saving Able, Trapped, Great White, L.A. Guns, Kicks, Slaughter. I just drew a blank. Like I said, thethunderunderground.com. You can dig through it all there. Tons of those episodes of Rocklahoma previews or reviews from previous years. But uh, yeah, check it all out. Follow on all the socials so you don't miss any future episodes. And speaking of future episodes, Blake Bedsall, the vocalist of Saul, will be returning very soon. So look out for that one. And look out for some other great stuff that I haven't announced yet. You can listen, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, hit like or subscribe so you get alerts, all that great stuff. Once again, a huge thank you to Sunset Tattoo and DEB Concerts and John Stowe. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.